1: with
0: the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football. It's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. A national championship
1: for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. The Cornballs get stolen.
2: Welcome in, the in my plan. The to the Punt and Pass and Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler joined alongside my co-host Jake from be sure to follow us on social media at punt and pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. He is at from Jake punt and The number one destination for all things, college football. Hope you had an awesome Christmas weekend. Happy holidays to everyone. Jake this week is like no man's land in corporate America. Both of the big holidays, Christmas and New Year's, fall on a Sunday this year. So it's like Mondays are the federal holidays. People are shutting it down on Fridays. Dude, nobody's working this week. We're so fired up for bowl week. You're still in the thick of the NFL season, week 17 coming up. The Commanders still in playoff contention. How are you, brother?
3: Dude, doing great, man. We're right in the middle of it, in the thick of it. Uh it's kind of put up or shut up time right now uh for a bunch of NFL teams, but uh excited for the holidays. Obviously, Christmas was great. Uh me and my wife decided it was a great idea to go to the mall yesterday, had an off okay. day. Uh it was madness packed. It yeah. was absolutely madness. Everybody going, returning, trying to get deals. Uh, but other than that, getting to the week, excited for some bowl season, and we got some great games coming up. No
2: question. Um, a popular thing, one of them went viral. Uh, before christmas a popular thing in nfl locker rooms is like the gifting exchanges um did you see any great gift exchanges were you a part of any great gift exchanges talk to me about that
3: yeah uh, they can get pretty cool pretty creative uh depends uh i it's it's really kind of cool to see how the the quarterback on each team kind of um just takes care of his guys, uh, yeah. basically. Uh, Josh Allen was really cool. Got the guys some cool scooters. I think Zach Wilson also did something uh, similar as well. Um, but the cues here, Carson and Taylor, got our guys some, like, Wagyu steaks. Oh, nice. Uh, it's was off the charts. Uh, wish I was a part of that, honestly. <laughs> you that didn't get any? Great. Nah, that would have been great on, to uh, to grill up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, some stuff's really cool. Uh, and then, uh, when I was in New York with the Giants last year, we had a full team secret Santa gift exchange. Oh, sweet. Uh, so yeah. I mean, all over the locker room was a big, uh, ordeal. Uh, was, was there cool. a salary cap on the gift
2: or was it just like free for all?
3: I uh, normally they kind of give a range. It's like had to be at least $500 or something. So there you're, you're getting some pretty cool, pretty cool gifts and you want to do a good job. Uh, Because you don't just want to go below $500. I mean, obviously, some guys can. But you want to give something good and meaningful meaningful. Yeah, if you're putting that much kind of work and effort uh, and funds behind it as well.
2: Did you see what Derwin James did, the safety for the Los Angeles Chargers? No. Okay, Derwin James, who got kicked out of the game last night for a (laughs) hit on – I forget who the wide receiver was, but he absolutely laid some dude out in Monday Night Football – He is a missile. He went to Florida state. He's been injured for the past couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. He gifted every DB and defensive coach in the DB room, a Rolex date (sighs) just watch. And then the DBs also got a customized diamond necklace of their numbers. Uh, my My childhood best friend, Tommy Donatel is the secondary coach for the chargers. And he sent us a, a picture said, Merry Christmas to me. And he got, a very very nice Rolex watch. Um, that, that's pretty sick. Pretty that sick. is pretty. Sick.
3: I, I I had uh, just because you were, uh, you were talking about it, remind me of it. The uh, receiver room uh, in Buffalo got their receivers coach. They all pitched in and got yeah, him Chad in. Hall. Chad Hall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They all pitched in and got him a brand new F two fifty. That's crazy. It man. was it wasn't this year. That's it may awesome. have been last year. Or the year it was before, last year. But, yeah. Yeah. Got him an F two fifty, bro. And obviously, Steph was the ringleader behind it, had Emmanuel Sanders in the room, too. So, uh, and then Cole Beasley. So there, there's a lot of uh kind of vet guys in there who had some funds to pull from. But man, talk about getting somebody a truck. Yeah, that is a
2: big deal. Yeah, the reason I say Chad Hall, that's Matthew Stafford's brother-in-law. That's Matthew's yeah. wife's brother. Uh, Chad was a great football player at Air Force, got some Heisman love, and then he had a oh, career yeah. in the NFL with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, The reason I brought that up is because if any of your teammates, Jake, still needed to get a Christmas gift or even even a New Year gift, you need to tell them to head to Solomon Brothers. I mean, there's no better place to get custom jewelry or even very nice watches for anybody you please Other than Solomon Brothers Jewelers, all they'd have to do is either go to SolomonBrothers.com, check them out on social media, at Solomon Brothers. And if they go into one of their two amazing locations, both in Atlanta, one in Buckhead, Seventeenth Floor Tower Place, the other in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon, they can mention Punt and Pass, or you, Jake Fromm, or myself, and get 10% off their jewelry purchase. You can do that, too. That's for anybody that listens to Punt and Pass. Solomon Brothers is the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. They've got the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds guaranteed, and also a very nice watch selection. Head on into one of those two awesome locations. Check them out on social media at Solomon Brothers, SolomonBrothers.com. All right, man. New Year's Eve is right around the corner. Uh, It is officially bowl week. There's like five games on today, which is awesome. And it just keeps getting better and better and better as the week goes on. Of course, Saturday's New Year's Eve. That's when the two college football playoff semifinal games are coming up. And how I wanted to start out first down will be just bowl week prep from a college football playoff perspective. And Jake, the reason I ask is because when I was in college, the college football playoff was not happening Um, And the bowl week was really a celebration of the season, right? There was no more games past that. You were around the other team. Your family was in town. Hopefully you were in a cool spot like Orlando, Florida, or New Orleans, or Miami, where you can enjoy yourself for the first couple of days. But specifically for Georgia and your past experience in the Rose Bowl game in a semifinal, I want to know what the week is like, because you have to be locked in. Hopefully you still have football to play after this game.
3: Yeah, you definitely get to see the maturity level of your team and what your team is built and made of uh, during this week, because you have to have the maturity to be able to say, Hey, I'm going to go in. I'm going to work during this time block during this schedule. And then I'm going to go enjoy myself and enjoy the week uh, when you get it off. And there's laser focus. Kirby is dialed up to a thousand. He's ready to go. He wishes the game was tomorrow um but you know throughout the week they're trying he basically plays it all off as all the ball, fun games that they try to get you eventually they try to get you to go to he's like oh that's just distractions that's just distractions And so he's just all about ball the entire week and just honestly wishes it was nothing but practice in the game and that's
2: it yeah, it's interesting. You know, obviously, you guys were in Pasadena. I remember you took oh. the double decker 747 jet out there. There was like official Georgia transportation too for fans to get out into Hollywood, LA, enjoy the whole sights and scenes. Obviously, you guys want to go out there and take advantage of it. I mean, yeah. the first couple of days, light work, get into the game plan, make sure everybody's in okay shape after the holiday. But then it's time to buckle down. This week, it's a little bit different for Georgia. They're right in their backyard in Atlanta. They took buses over from Athens. I'm sure the creature comforts are all pretty familiar with what's happening. But is there any time, or did you guys at least have any time, those first two nights of a bowl week, usually the curfews a little bit later, guys (laughs) who are older can go out, kind of get away, enjoy themselves somewhat. Uh, you would have to think that that might be a little bit different with a semifinal game just a few days away.
3: Yeah, no, for sure. That, uh, yeah, that curfew, like you mentioned, just gets dialed back uh, an hour, like each night. Uh, And Gant, uh, if you guys know Gant, who works for the team, he is working his butt off uh, right now and this week. Um, And then I'm, I'm so curious on, you know, we'll hear about it after the fact, but, uh, it being in Atlanta, to me, I think it could either be the best thing that ever happened or the worst thing that ever happened because of the familiarity with the place. Because, oh, I'm good. I don't need to go see that because I live here. I, yeah. I, I've, yeah, I've seen it before. Or, oh, hey, I know my homeboy is here, here, and here, and let's go hit up these few places. So um, just, I, I hope the guys are mature this week and really lock in and take care of business because Uh, it's a really big week and you do not get these opportunities. It just does not happen, man. It takes, uh, the entire year of work to be able to get back and in the spot and have this opportunity.
2: No doubt I'm looking at the actual schedule for the Peach Bowl right now. Last night the battle for the Bowl Week dinner took place. I'm sure a lot of people saw, they did like a team versus team family feud which looked fun. Everybody was at the College Football Hall of Fame. It gets competitive, there's great camaraderie. I believe Georgia won that family nice. feud competition so Go Dogs there. Today, they had practice, then they each went to a children's health care of Atlanta location. The teams did and went and visited some of the patients. That's always fun. Then they went and did the Martin Luther King Jr. tour and visit. And then tonight, though, is a basketball challenge. Now, I'm a little bit confused as to how this is going to go down. Uh, I'm sure Kirby and Ryan Day are sitting there going, is this really happening a couple of days before a semifinal game? And then tomorrow, they're going to go go-kart racing at Andretti Indoor Karting. So
3: Dang. I know, I mean, that's... Go-kart, that's – yeah, that's – uh yeah, that and the basketball. Possibly, basketball. Possibly. What do you do it? It has to be horse or some kind of okay. uh, d- dead duck gotcha kind of game. Got to be something like that. Going back to my experiences with the roast Bowl, it was kind of cool. We got to go to walk around – uh, Rode a few rides at Disneyland. Cool. Uh, that was pretty neat. Uh, we went to uh, like Lowry's. Had a nice like prime rib dinner uh, at a place that was pretty cool. Um, I mean, we were out in Hollywood. Got to see a few things, um, which was pretty neat. But yeah, hope, hope none of the fellows get hurt playing basketball. That'd be yeah. That'd be you fun.
2: you would certainly hope so. There's so much anticipation for this specific matchup. Um, obviously, it's strength on strength with Georgia's defense going up against Ohio State's offense. A lot of news out of Ohio State's camp. Jackson Smith and Jigba obviously not playing. Travion Henderson, he's injured, so he's not playing either. But C.J. Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr., Boca, the other wide receiver, yeah. Mayan Williams, like they have got some straight-up dudes. I want to ask you a question in a little bit, and we'll kind of dive in to the preview of the game. That's for later on this week's big-time episode breaking down the college football playoff. But I guess when you're around these guys, I mean, Stetson was with CJ Stroud the entire week when they were at the Heisman trophy ceremony. Um, Is it a mutual respect? I mean, you guys were there with Baker Mayfield and an unbelievable Oklahoma team. Are you getting to know one another or is it kind of business as usual? Hey, we have to be around each other, shake hands, nod heads, and just go about your business.
3: Yeah. My personal experiences, they've always been, uh, I mean, not like super familiar. I mean, They've been formal, okay. Yeah. Um, whereas, you're not hey, getting in fights at Family Feud. No, 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 gosh, no, no. You're not. You're not doing that. There's a mutual respect there. Um, but me personally, I've never been one to go be buddy buddy uh, with the opposing safety, defensive end, and, and cornerbacks or anything like that. So, uh, no. I mean, you go around them. We saw them at, at Disneyland. You know, everybody be posseed up in their groups. You know, be like, hey guys, what's up? Uh, we'll see you later. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, nothing, nothing crazy about, about how you would expect.
2: Yeah. Do you think there's any advantage for Georgia having made the college football playoff in the fashion that they did a year ago, meaning mm-hmm. they were undefeated. They rolled into Atlanta, the SEC championship game and got absolutely smacked around by Alabama brought yep. back down to earth, still made it to the playoff, kind of that new lease on life. Right. I mean, I remember, I remember there was an interview where Kirby Smart was asked, what was the locker room like after the SEC championship game last year? And he was like, you know what? It was actually great because we just put it under the rug and said we're moving forward. We'll know where we stand in the college football playoff. Ohio State is essentially in that exact same position, right? They were undefeated heading into the last week of the season. They got smacked around, physically outmatched by Michigan, a little bit worried that they were still going to get in. The chips fell the right way. Now Ohio State's in the college football playoff. Clean slate new lease on life. Hey, let's go burn the ships and see what happens. Some might say they'd be a little bit worried because Ohio state has that kind of mentality, but I would say Georgia knows what that mentality is like. So they might know how to combat it.
3: Yeah, I I fully uh, agree with what you're saying here. Uh, But I I think the difference is uh, last year, Georgia knew they deserved to be in there uh, and therefore, Hey, look, we're going to put it on the rug. We know where we can go. We know what we can be, and we're going to go take care of business. Here uh, with Ohio State, I think maybe they feel like they're happy to be here, uh, just happy to, to get the chance, happy to get the opportunity, uh, because I, I think after that game versus Michigan, they don't quite know that they deserve to be in there and rather than just being happy to be
2: there. Yeah. Yeah. That's great perspective. There's no doubt about it. Last question about bowl week in general. Um, I'm seeing a lot of griping and moaning from media members this week because player availability is there. Media members can actually go see practice now for the first time in like two years. Granted, it's only 15 minutes per practice, but these are new times you're allowed into the stadium. Uh, I don't know where Ohio state's practicing. I think they might both be practicing inside Mercedes Benz, but they're griping and moaning about the answers that they're getting from players, right? It's like almost the Bill Belichick school of media. Um, we're on to Ohio state. We're on to Georgia. We're just focused on the task at hand. We've got a lot of respect. For them. They're not getting anything really juicy that they can write about as a starting quarterback, having gone through a media circus, quite, quite literally what you had to deal with year in and year out at your time at Georgia uh, what's it like on bowl week, man? And you're like, guys, what more is there to ask me? You've talked to me for 15 weeks straight. You ask me to yeah. say the same questions every week. Like, like, what is that situation like? You just want to somewhat enjoy the bowl week and not have to keep answering the same questions over and over.
3: Yeah. So I, I remember there is a lot of opportunities you have during the week to speak to media. So everything really just gets super repetitive. Um, and it's no fault to the players, so don't get mad at them uh, because I'm going to give you everything without giving you anything. Yeah, exactly. uh, that, that was that was just uh, my personal motto, and uh, just hey, I'm going to say everything you want to hear, but also I'm not going to give you really anything to write home about. So um, hey, look, man, Kirby's got those guys trained. the The message he he, he is top two and not two at messaging. Um, to the team to the players and into the fan base does a fantastic job with messaging with culture um and the evidence of it uh here now with the uh, players talking to the media
2: yeah you know if i was a credentialed member of the media and like understanding that you guys are getting asked the same exact questions every single week and like this is it the, the time is done i would have been in this week and been like hey was Christmas good? Yeah. If you could replace one gift that you got, what was that (laughs) gift and what gift did you not receive? You know, like something like make you think a little bit, get you on your toes, not exactly football. And then maybe if we have a good laugh, a little giggle, then I can ask you a hard hitting football question and maybe you're more apt to respond. Absolutely. Man. I'm Hopefully.
3: uh, Yeah. Hopefully you're not going to get me any
2: (laughs) tips. No gotcha questions for Jake from here. on the punt and pass podcast, Good perspective though, because I wonder that, I mean, look, when we were in new Orleans for the sugar bowl, I was a freshman, um, pretty notoriously Georgia and Hawaii, both had a very, very good time that weekend. Bourbon street was rocking. Georgia obviously took care of business in a big, big way. Not too much to do in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, that was not exactly the most fun. Memphis was sneaky fun though for the Liberty bowl. Hmm. I mean, Beale street can be fun. Weather was horrible. And then the Citrus Bowl and Outback Bowl, those are your usual suspects. Like you said, theme parks, amusement rides, sea World, um, go have a nice dinner, stuff like that. But the season was over. There was nothing yeah. was that, or behind that game. So yeah. uh, that mentality is just totally, totally different. Jake Fromm, he's been there. He's done that. So take care of business, and you get to play to. one more week. We'll, of course, break that down when the dogs hopefully make it to the national championship. All right, let's head to second down. In order for Georgia to make it to the national championship, it's clear they're going to have to slow down Ohio State's offense. This is going to be a pretty open-ended question because I want to have a little bit of a conversation here. So much is being made about C.J. Stroud, Ohio State's passing attack. Georgia, I guess, is vulnerable in the back end of their defense. Look what LSU did. I mean, that's what everybody's pointing to because it was the last game that they played. My question to you is not what's the most important segment of Georgia's defense Heading into this matchup, but what will be the most impactful segment of Georgia's defense if they want to find success against Ohio State? Uh,
3: to me, it is the because it's cause and effect here. Okay. So for me, it's the defensive line and the blitz packages they come up with. Because uh, I think they're going to have to bring five, get pressure on CJ Stroud. Just saw a stat something um, where he's over 70% from a clean pocket and 40% or less um under pressure um so they're going to want to get to him similar thing they did uh, with Tennessee and Hennon Hooker so they're going to want to get to the quarterback uh the defensive line has to be able to um impact the game and basically take some off for the back half uh for the defensive backs uh and make their job easier because I don't think they, they they did it in short spurts in that LSU game uh but obviously the it wasn't quite as good as it should or could have been, uh, because the LSU Tigers threw for 500 yards, uh, which is mind-boggling to me. I know. I uh, I think it's the defensive line. I think Jalen Carter. Um, uh, hey, but this this is your game. You want to be the number one overall pick?
2: This is your game. When you talk about pressuring the quarterback, collapsing the pocket, what's worse, uh, edge rushers just screaming press tackles or your centers and guards just getting thrown right into your lap? Dude. For a guy like C.J. Stroud, who's not exactly mobile, I mean, he can get outside the pocket, yep. but it's not like he is a scoot and run, tuck the ball, and get down the field type guy. What pressure do you not want if you're a quarterback?
3: Yeah, man, so I I go back and I immediately think about playing Alabama and then playing Auburn. Uh, Auburn with Derrick Brown, Alabama with their list of guys that they've had. Um, But look, you can, if it's edge pressure, you can step up in the pocket. But when you go to step up in the pocket and, man, that interior of the pocket is in your face and you just, you feel like you're suffocating because there's nothing you can do to really get out of it. You're trying to step up and make a throw and you can't get all of it into the throw because there's somebody in your lap. Nobody likes a 350 pound man in your lap. Uh, that is not i (laughs) that is not i would agree with you i would agree that is not that is not a comfortable feeling i remember uh going back way back uh first third down the national championship game uh arguably we have a touchdown i have a touchdown i have a fade ball javon Wims, left side of the field but i couldn't step into the throw got hit when i threw it because the interior pressure of the pocket um yeah and the ball he was open was he just running downfield open yeah, he's run running downfield open. I get hit as a throw uh, ball. You know, this is a play Javon's made a thousand times, but he shouldn't have had to stop and go up for it. But ball gets joked, gets picked off, and now oh. it's their ball going the other way. So, uh, uh, man, it, the interior of the pocket
2: is huge
3: uh, and it's detrimental to the success
2: of the quarterback. So how does Ohio State, steam for that because the, the easy comparison to make and what a lot of people are talking about is how Michigan just out-physicaled them, right? Michigan got yep. a couple of really big plays on the ground. Then they started to open it up through the passing game and, and they blew Ohio State out. And people were quick to say, Michigan dominated in the trenches. Ohio State didn't have an answer. Ohio State is not built for that type of ball. Now, what I would say is clearly Ohio State is not going into this game saying, hey, we're going to muck this game up, make it nasty, and go try to beat Georgia at the game that they play. I always say this. The blueprint to beat Georgia is out there. It is the SEC championship game from a year ago. Get the ball out quick perimeter players in space do not let the defensive line or that front seven be that impactful. And Alabama ran it to perfection. Would you expect Ohio state to take the pressure off their interior offensive line by doing simply that?
3: Yeah, I, I do. Um, I think they're going to watch a lot of that Alabama game. Like you mentioned uh, shifts motions, uh, get guys moving. eye discipline, eye candy all over the place, dink and dunk it down the field, get those guys tired Uh, And after they put a drive together, uh, then you'll see them go and take their shot. But I don't see them coming out on the first set of downs and and taking shots early. Uh, But as they get the drive going, just just kind of be on the edge of your seat, kind of waiting. All right, man, they put together a drive. Get ready. They're about to take a shot here because you know that's what they want to do. That's what CJ Stroud wants to do. Uh, They have the guys to do it. So they're going to go and they're going to take those shots. uh, But they're going to want to get a few plays and a drive going
2: before they do so. A lot of pressure is going to be on George's secondary. Um, and you just said it best. The most impactful segment will be the defensive line because if they do their job and they get up in CJ Stroud's face and create pressure, it will make the jobs of the secondary that much easier. Malachi Starks, Javon Bullard, Keely Ringo is going to have a big target on his back. Everybody's down hey, on Keeley for some reason that yeah. I really just can't understand. People even tell me Keely's not that good. Look, people, he will be a first round pick. Okay. Go back to the Tennessee game, right? Jalen Hyatt, the Balitnikov award winner, unanimous All American. He was, Keeley was on him the entire game and, and he was a non factor. Now, why? Because the defensive line was so disruptive in that game. What does Keeley have to do to essentially tell the naysayers, hey, I'm not who you think I am. I'm much better than that.
1: Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer.
3: Yeah, I I think just trust his technique. Um, And then during this kind of bowl prep they've had, uh, they've really gone back and and taught technique and really looked at the fundamentals. A lot more we call individual periods uh, on really focusing on technique because these are more camp-style practices getting ready for this bowl game. So um, he's had an opportunity to go and work on his craft uh, for him, is trusting his technique, uh, get his head around, find the ball, uh, make fun of the ball.
2: Yeah, bowl weeks, it's all ball, man. No class. Um, you are Nothing. locked into the game locked plan. Up. Obviously, there's some extracurriculars that happen when you get to the location of the bowl game. But um, Jake just told you, for a playoff game, for a semifinal, when there's football on the other side of it, if you have success, these guys are ready to go. I just think the biggest difference, Jake, and this is my opinion, between what could be compared to like Tennessee for this offense that Georgia's going to go up against is that Tennessee was so much about tempo. Tennessee was a lot more of that quick game, kind of opportunity and then open up a big play downfield to somebody like a Cedric Tillman or a Jalen Hyatt. I haven't seen that from Ohio State. Their deep balls and their offensive air attack is much more developed. Receivers mm-hmm. like Harrison are running downfield. Yeah, there might be a little bit of eye candy underneath. They like to try to get some of the run game going. I think that plays into Georgia's favor. Uh, tell I, me I if I'm so, wrong, God. but I think that yeah. plays into Georgia's favor.
3: I, I think one of the the kind of sneaky things you said was uh, that they try to get their run game going. That's something I've seen them uh, watching as I'm clicking through the channels and watching Ohio State play. Like, you got C.J. Stroud all these weapons, but they're actively trying to run the football because they yeah. know that's going to help – uh, that passing game open up and, and help the flow of the game. So um, they're going to try to do that. I, I think that's going to be insanely tough for them uh, to be able to get that going. So it's going to put a lot of pressure on the passing game uh, and those guys going. Um, and I, I just, I, I, I think if the defensive line, again, it's just coming back to those guys, if they do their job, take care of it, uh, stop the run. Um, and then look, they, they don't have to, 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 blitz and, and get there in 2.5 seconds but if they can get there in less than five seconds and where he's just not back there patting the ball look man that that, that that's a win uh yeah. and it'll be it'd be good good for the defensive backs good for the defense
2: i i think you're right mm-hmm. um call me crazy but let's just go through one thing and then we're gonna move on to the next topic week one this is a long time ago okay yeah Ohio State 21 yeah. to 10 against Notre Dame not exactly uh, a top tier victory that they were hoping to get against a high quality opponent. Um then they play Michigan State. Michigan State hung around for a little bit. Ohio State broke away 49 to 20. Penn State 44 to 31, right? That game was at Penn State. 31 mm-hmm. points from Penn State's offense. Northwestern 21 to seven. That's it. I mean, look, I know Georgia struggled against Kent state. I know Georgia struggled against Missouri. And then of course the Maryland game, the Maryland, I mean, they were in it late in the fourth quarter. That was the second to last week of the season. And then they play Michigan in Columbus at home and get blown out 45 to 23. So maybe there was a reason Ohio state was outside the top four before a lot of things happened for their favor, to get into the college football playoff. I'm just saying, everybody's buying into this new lease on life. Six and a half is a lot of points. That is a big spread, Jake. But the total, 62 and a half, um, that could be in jeopardy because if this turns into a shootout, I I think I might like Georgie even more in that spot because Georgia's offense, man, they can put points on the board in a hurry.
3: Man, watching those guys play in the SEC, if you would have told me that the offense is going to score 50 points in that game, I would say – hey look man look they they have the ability to but but no way uh and they did it I mean after every drive they answered uh moved the move the ball um and man Setson's played really well uh in these big time games late in the season yeah yeah uh I, man I just he, he the offense is playing with a lot of swag a lot of confidence right now uh so I just say good luck
2: yeah no doubt um Georgia has that switch, man. They they turn it on for the big games. They are battle-tested. They know what weeks like this entail. That's not to say Ohio State doesn't. Points per game, almost identical. Ohio State, 44.5. Georgia, 39.2. Points allowed per game. Ohio State, 19.3. Georgia, 12.8. Uh, they are very, very evenly matched across the board. Total yards per game. Ohio State, 492. Georgia, 492. Be a good game, man. We're going to break that down. Big time later on in the week. Lots lot to still and- read. A lot to still digest. Bowl week is in its infancy. We'll see what happens. What, what you got to wrap us up here on this one? Man, I
3: just I, I think that uh, I'm just looking at the past couple years. I mean, and one has really kind of beat up on the four uh, yes. the last couple years. And so I, I think there's a gap there. Going back to what I said earlier, I, I think Ohio State is happy to be here, but I don't think they think they deserve to be here.
2: In the college football playoff era, I believe the first year was 2014, only three times has the one seed faced off against the two seed in the national championship game. And guess what's crazy about that? All three times it was Alabama versus Clemson. It's pretty interesting. I found that out. Wow. Earlier today. Did you see the Will Muschamp quote? um, No. He had yesterday. Because, you know, the last time Georgia played Ohio State, the only time these two teams have ever played was 1992 or 93 in the Citrus Bowl. Okay. Uh, Kirk Kerbstreet was the quarterback for Ohio State, and Will Muschamp was a DB on that team. So somebody asked him during media availability yesterday or today, um, what was that week like? And this is what Will Muschamp said, quote, We had a luncheon, and Kirk Kerbstreet got up to throw a pass across the new- across the room. I knew we had a shot to win right then. Make sure he knows I said that. It's pretty funny. <laughs>
3: <laughs> pretty funny. That's so,
2: awesome. Nice little gamesmanship from Coach Muschamp taking a shot at college game day host and color analyst for the Peach Bowl, Kirk Street. Good stuff. Awesome. Um, all right, let's break down some bowl games real quick. It's third down. We'll wrap this thing up pretty quick. Tomorrow night, the Holiday Bowl. You and I have talked about this one a pretty good bit. Oregon against N- uh, UNC. Excuse me. Bo Nix for Oregon. Drake May for North Carolina. Two offenses that can light it up. North Carolina's defense, not good whatsoever. Oregon. Uh making a lot of headlines. Big time on signing day. Bo Nix is coming back. Dude, Oregon's a 13 and a half point favorite. This yeah. should be a good game to watch tomorrow night.
3: Yeah, I, I think it's crazy that uh they're that big of a favorite, but I still like Oregon in this one. Um, I think both and teams UNC's uh, defense is horrible. Hor- yeah, so bo- both teams are without their offensive coordinators. Uh That's and right. I, think, I didn't think about it. I that. think North Carolina is without. Their primary receiver, I believe, that's what Sam Howell told me today. Yes, uh, yes, uh, Josh Downs years. is not playing. Yep. Right. Um, and then I'm looking at it on paper, and I'm like, uh, North Carolina's defense is historically atrocious. And so I think there's a lot of swag, a lot of good vibes going on in Oregon. And so I, even it's a huge spread, I still like uh, Oregon. This one.
2: Yeah, the total 75 points in that game. That will Shoot be out. a fun one to watch. The Texas Bowl. Is Thursday number twenty Texas taking on number twelve Washington? This would be a really good one too. Texas is a three-point favorite. Michael Penix Jr., Quinn Ewers, the Texas Bowl, which I believe is in San Antonio. That should be a good one. You know, Steve Sarkeesian, he needs to get a W he on the to. board. But Kalen DeBoer and this Washington team—I know they're out there in the Pac-12, sneaky number twelve team. This should be a good game.
3: Dude, I kind of like this one too. Uh I like Washington. They played Oregon uh and they beat them uh at home. Uh and so I I, I really like Washington in this one. Um, just because I, I think the pressure just gets too big for Texas a little bit at times.
2: Oklahoma takes on, I I think I like Texas in that game. I, I'm gonna go against you. I like Texas in San Antonio, you know. No shots. This is a ricochet shot, but they got up for that Georgia game against the Sugar Bowl a couple years ago. So I think maybe they could uh, find some success, maybe ride the coattails off that one. I don't think anybody's still on the team from that game. Sorry, I, I I had to do that to you. But I like Texas in this game. I'll lay the three. Uh, the hey, if,
3: cheese, they, if they if they win, they're definitely due for a we're back uh, yes, comment. Yes, they certainly are. Sure.
2: No doubt. We'll expect that for sure. The Cheese it Bowl is also Thursday night. Oklahoma, 6-6, six and six. disaster of a season in Brent Venable's first year. A lot of injuries, but still, that's not acceptable. Take it on number 13, Florida State. 13. Is in Orlando. Florida State's 9-3. and Jordan Travis coming back next year. A lot of good vibes in Tallahassee as well. Florida State is a a 9.5-point favorite.
3: I I like Florida State. Honestly, surprised that that this is even a matchup, honestly. I I thought Florida State maybe would have gotten someone – As nicely as I could say this, and respectfully as I could say, is somebody a a little bit better of an opponent than maybe Oklahoma? I know. Um, And so, man, forced it all the way. If you would have told me they would be as good of a football team, they are at the end of the season. Uh, as they are right now, uh, I would say there's no way because it was a debacle there. Uh, I
2: know. I, I totally agree with you, and they're going to have a lot of love heading into 2023, especially with all the talent yeah. that coming back. They had a good recruiting class yep. as well. Mike Norvell turned it around. Huge credit to the administration there for just sticking yeah. with them for a little bit yeah. longer to see what he can build. But you're talking about two blue-blood college football programs kicking off in the yep. cheese it Bowl, Bowl against Florida State. We both like Florida State there. All right, Notre Dame taking on South Carolina. This one's Friday afternoon. I'm sure we'll record our next podcast before then, but I want to talk about it here. Number 21, Notre Dame. Number 19, South Carolina. This game's in Jacksonville at the Gator Bowl. You know, the president or the CEO of the Gator Bowl is Greg McGarrity. This line is Notre Dame, a two-point favorite.
3: Dude, uh, just— you like South Carolina, I know you do. The magic— Uh, Going on with the beam team right now and the South Carolina Gamecocks, I I mean, beat Tennessee 63 to 38 then beat Clemson 31 to 30 in a game that if they win, I mean, they're borderline in the college football playoff.
2: I know. So I, I,
3: uh, I I like South Carolina, man. Yeah. If Tennessee
2: won that game, they are in the college football playoff. I think that's full stop. I think there's no doubt about that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I, t- Tennessee wins out. I think they're in the college football playoff. And so they beat two college football playoff Oh, teams. you're talking about Clemson. Yes, yes. I forgot
2: about that. Yes. Yeah,
3: yes. I mean even, even Clemson, because they would have been a one loss and a conference champion. Okay, so you can yeah. argue that they would have completely pulled 100%. the flip on Ohio State. Uh, so they beat two co- quote-unquote college football playoff contender teams there to finish up the season. And you're telling me that they're not the favorite against Notre Dame?
2: Take those. Come points. on, man. Take those points. Dude, there's a great Beamer. And I, I like Coach Beamer a lot. He has a quote. Uh, it was in an interview and, and they were kind of asking him about his season, like expectations. And he has this statistic and it's great. Cause it's one that I would totally give out. He's like, people seem to forget that for the first time in South Carolina history. And I think maybe even college football history, it's like, he says, we beat two, Top five teams by a margin of like it's the craziest stat you could ever think of. That sports information director dialed that one up, checked the records book, just fed it to Coach Beamer and said, repeat this, repeat this, repeat this. Because <laughs> what they did, like you just said, was pretty unprecedented. I mean, Tennessee was a freight train, and they just completely wrecked them. And then they oh, turned yeah. around and beat their in-state rival for the first time in eight years. Uh, two teams that were on their way to the college football playoff, and Clemson beat both of them um, in great fashion. I got to find out what that statistic is, but it's like ridiculously hilarious because it's so, so specific, but yeah. they did it. So props to them.
3: Now they are definitely cocky right now. And yes, I, they are. They're definitely cocky right now. I hope they don't get humbled in this game, but they're due a humbling suit.
2: That's awesome. Um, yeah. You know what? I have Notre Dame minus two written down, but I'm going to roll with you. Give me South Carolina. Take those points. Come on, baby. You know what? That's such a square play, higher ranked team, getting points, two great victories. Like the the sharp play is Notre Dame, but I'm going to ride with my guy, Jake Fromm. Um, okay. Last one that I want to touch on, and it's not even about the game, but it's the Barstool Bowl, okay? This one's Barstool in Tucson. It's Ohio versus Wyoming. Now, the reason I want to bring this up is because Barstool – actually broadcasts the game i think it's like barstool.tv they had their own college basketball invitational i want to say around thanksgiving weekend and i was like making dinner and i put it on my laptop my airpods in and their broadcast jake was hilarious it really was true yeah they've got a real play-by-play guy who's on staff there uh big cat and prez are the two color analysts the way that they broadcast the game for anybody that's listening to this podcast, who maybe enjoys how we deliver college football news and notes to you, or just want something different. If you're at home watching a bowl game, this is it. I was listening to a podcast. Big cat was talking about how he was going to jump out of a plane to deliver the, the, the coin for the coin flip, but he had to get certified and jump out of a plane like 30 times. Like not going to do that. They've got barstool personalities like singing the national anthem, running out to pick up the kickoff tee. They talk about gambling all throughout the broadcast. Um, They have the coaches hooked up so they can ask the coaches questions during the game. It is, it's like the new age of broadcasting. I'm telling you right now, if you want to be entertained, be sure to tune into the barstool ball, regardless of what you think of them from a brand perspective or whatever. I'm just telling you highly entertaining must watch new age broadcast of what should be like a weekly alternative broadcasting type yeah. deliverable for college football fans.
3: Yeah. The whole, the whole, you're exactly right. The whole time while you're talking, I'm like, look, it, it, as as much as they maybe want to come off as a joke or they're having fun dude, watch out because a lot of these different ideas and schemes that they're doing, uh, is going to show up here in the next couple of years. So
2: dude, watch it's, out. It's so funny. The basketball one, I forget who the head coach was for the basketball team, uh, but he had no hair, bald, right? So they get him on and he's got the AirPod in and, and the game is going on. I mean, he's literally coaching like, you know, zone, zone, get back, get back, like talking to his guys and they're like, Hey coach, um, when did you finally commit to just completely shaving your head? Like, that's the question <laughs> that they're asking him. As the game is going on and the coach, the coach literally answers. Have you seen what kind of defense we're playing? I couldn't grow hair if I tried. Like, that's what these coaches are saying in the middle of a game, dude. It is hilarious. You're like, this is great. It's so funny. It's so much different. It's exactly what you would want. If you're just bored, wanting to watch the game in a different light.
3: Oh my gosh. This is taking me back. uh, Could you imagine? Hold on. Could you imagine Kirby doing something like that? i mean Dude, okay that's, that's exactly where i was that. going with this is this taking me back to college when we'd be up on somebody uh and you know my time was done uh backup goes in and i have the headset on and just the stuff that gets said on the headset it, what a grown man says to another grown man <laughs> oh god is yeah. just mind-boggling it, it there should be a netflix documentary on it um there's no way that they'll sign off on that because – but that is, is just – it's hilarious to me. So if they, if they get the right person to do it, man, it's, it's – I'm sure it's funny, hilarious, and a great time.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. That game is Friday at 4.30 p.m. And again, it's on I think like barstool.tv or something like that. So that will be fun. Both seasons here, dude. It's the best. And this week is the best too because, like I said, as the show opened, nobody's working this week. I mean, let's be honest. If yeah. you want to be the hero – and you're going into the office, hopefully you're listening to Punt and Pass while you're in the office, while you're driving yeah. to the office. You know nobody's going to be there. So you can fire up our YouTube channel, turn it up to 11, and have yourself a good time. Who do you guys play this weekend?
3: Uh, we play the Cleveland Browns. And, right. uh, Nick what, Chubb. Yeah, good to see Nick. Uh, but the weather changed in these two weekends. Okay, last Sunday, there were teams playing – Uh, outside in the teens uh, and in the single digits Uh, and then here now this Sunday uh, the high is like 62 degrees oh really
2: mind-boggling how bipolar the weather is so did you see the video um you know the bills had to stay the night on Saturday in Chicago because the weather was so bad in Buffalo speaking of Barstool Barstool has a bar in River North they opened it up for the Buffalo Bills on Christmas Eve, really cool. Movie. Uh, but the videos of them getting back to their cars and how completely embanked in snow their cars were, I mean, it's insane, dude. Buffalo yeah. is like a different world. It's like Siberia up there. And you man, know man. better than anybody.
3: Oh, yeah. If you, if you, if for the guys are listening, if you haven't seen those videos, please look it up because it is insane. Uh, they are shoveling, digging their vehicles out of uh what looks like 10 15 foot deep of snow. I'm talking guys are yeah. driving off with six foot of snow on top of the yeah, vehicle. Yeah, and this isn't this, this isn't a baby car. Okay. We're talking this is SUV, yeah, this like a is like a Denali
2: Tahoe. Yes. Oh yes. yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh so man, uh yeah, man, Buffalo is crazy. The lake effect snow is the real deal. Uh and
2: watch out because it's dangerous. I, I it's it's dangerous. No question. No mm. question. Well, hope you had a great Christmas, my man. Um, hope everybody had a great holiday out there. It's New Year's time. It's bowl week. There's no better way to dial it up than listening to Punt and Pass. If you want to make it extra special as well for you and yours, head on over to Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Make it the most special New Year's Eve, New Year's Day yet. Check out one of their two amazing locations. One is in Alpharetta just past the Avalon. The other in Buckhead, 17th floor, Tower Place Solomon Brothers has the biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and an in store experience that is totally unmatched. You can check them out online too. SolomonBrothers.com before you head into the store. You know exactly what they have. You can navigate the showroom floor perfectly. Even grab yourself a nice cocktail. They got full bars in both locations and at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter. Mention Punt Pass or myself or Jake. You can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Anything on the way out, brother?
3: Man, uh, no, I was just thinking it's never too late uh, to throw that last second Hail Mary uh, for a Christmas present uh, for yeah. someone. Or, hey, you know, if you didn't really get what you wanted, man, go get
2: you a nice timepiece. Get you a Dude, watch, bro. No doubt. The best for sure. All right, check us out on YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe there. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe the podcast. We are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He is at From Jake. We will talk to you later on this week to preview the Mm. college football playoff semi-final games. See ya.
0: The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required and they can be redeemed whenever you like.
1: First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.